Welcome back to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, different group of people every single day, but that doesn't mean that we won't be giving out picks on the same account. So if you want to track all of the picks that are given out on this show, you can go over to the BetStamp app. You can find all the picks given out in real time. You can see how we've done over previous days, over the last couple of weeks, and how we've done since the start of the season as edge work in the find better section of the BetStamp app. You can also go over to YouTube, hit subscribe there, turn on notifications so you get notified every single time that we go live on this show. And then you can also find us on Twitter at Edgework Show. Full day of NHL games. I'm really excited to get to talk to you guys. I had to miss the Tuesday show, so I had like a one day off of normal of my normal routine. Like so money was talking about his normal morning routine and stuff. This has been a part of it, so I missed that one. Now I'm excited to get back. And it's a good one too because not only do we have a bunch of games, but we have a game starting at 2 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into any of the games, though, I was talking to Russ a little bit before we started. The NHL might have like the worst scheduling in of all pro sports, like just the balance of it and everything. Looking at a game today, you have an opportunity before the Christmas break here. You got a game at 2 p.m. The next games don't start until 7. You, you could, you're telling me you couldn't find a way to just slide in like one game at 5.30 or yeah, 6 o'clock or, or something. Yeah. Yeah, like there's no gap bridging at all in the NHL. They, they, they have not been able to figure that one out. Yeah, we've talked about this a bunch too, so many and I, and he's like, you know, he's done this a lot longer than I have. And he's like, just enjoy the days when there's two or three games. You have a day off. I'm like, that's, that's pretty good advice, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, we, the NHL just doesn't get it, right? There's like so many opportunities that they miss. Like, even, yeah. even during like the, during like the American Thanksgiving, right? Like, you could have put like a bunch of Canadian teams on, right? Like, make mm-hmm. it like, make it like canada's day or something right like just yeah like just do some stupid marketing gimmick and just like like put on a bunch of canadian teams right like they don't get it so yeah yeah i know it's, it's been it's been like this for years one thing i will say about the scheduling though is that in the past i used to get frustrated with um um why are there like so many games on tuesday thursdays and saturdays and then the other days there's like so so few games but i've actually grown to um to actually prefer that um, and that's just based on my own my own selfish reasons because now like I know exactly what my schedule would be like yeah. on like a Wednesday and a Friday morning for example that like I can kind of um, take it a little bit easy those mornings because I know that like the news will be uh, trickling in a, a little a little bit slower on those days so mm-hmm. so in in that aspect the NHL has grown on me but in everything else they they, they don't get it <laughs> mm-hmm. yep Thursdays are crazy though always. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Uh, there's a comment here from Stone 9 saying, I never catch this show live. Just wanted to drop in and say thanks, guys. Been watching for a couple of weeks now. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. that. Appreciate yep. you coming here live. And if anyone else wants to comment in real time, make sure to go over to YouTube. That's where we will see them. We won't be able to see them on Twitter. So uh, if you want to comment, you want to interact, ask questions, anything like that, make sure to go over to the YouTube channel, Edgework, hit subscribe, like this stream, and then, uh, yeah, you can comment in real time there. All right, before we get into some of the games today, there's two things I know we're going to talk about today, just kind of a recap. So one of them has nothing to do with the team playing today. So let's start with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, This is a team that has kind of, I mean, if you look at where they are in the standings, it's not like some meteoric drop off, like it's not some catastrophic situation there, but 
they've moved down considerably from where they were at the beginning. They've now had like the Leafs, Pittsburgh, Tampa, the Rangers. These are all teams that have caught up to them and the gap is either being closed, surpassed, or it's very, very tiny of these teams being behind them. They're only eight points up on a wild card spot, which yes, that does seem like a lot, but there's almost 50 games left. Like there's less than 50 games, but you're close to that. There's a lot of season left to be played. This is a team that could still be caught here. The little the allure of Lindy Ruff and how incredible he's done there is starting to maybe wear off on some of the Devils fans after what they went through with their six game losing streak. Uh, did the Devils show their hand a little too early here, Russ? Like, is this one of those situations where they came out sprinting right out of the gates? They were like, hey, we're a fast-paced team. We're going to try to score you and run you out of the building. And now everyone's just like, all right, well, you don't you don't play like that in December on throughout the rest of the season. Like, has it caught up? Have teams figured out how to play them? And was maybe uh, was Keith Yandel maybe right in his prediction that the Devils might miss the playoffs? I hope not. I hope not for my, you know, for my future's sake. But I think a couple of things you said there are correct. You know, this is the 32nd oldest team in the league. So this is a very, very young team. They're average 25 years of age. So I think they're going to be very, very streaky. And you have a coach like Lindy Ruff, who's a, you know, kind of a veteran in the league. He can get them to play at the beginning and they were buying in, whereas now it just kind of has, has fallen off uh, a little bit for them. I know when you dig into the metrics a little bit, they haven't been that bad on offense. They're still third in expected goals for in their last 10 games. But where they've dropped off is a little bit on defense and a little bit of their goaltending. Um, they're 14th in expected goals against over the last 10 games. And they're just facing a ton of high danger shots. And uh, the save, this, their save percentage is down at 23rd in the league over the last 10 games, where if you looked at the metrics the first few months of the, of the season, they were in the top five in almost every metric. So I think that's the biggest thing to, to watch going forward is their, their goalies and their defense. And they just can't, you know, they can't support it with their, their front. The front forwards can't support their the defense that they have. It's just, you know, they can't score enough goals. You saw the, the game last night. They were able to actually get some good defense in the third period and outscore the uh, Panthers. So I do believe that it's just going to be a streaky team. Now, this is a, probably not a play-on team for a while. But, you know, like we've seen with the Blues, like we've seen with some of these other teams, they'll go on a six-game losing streak and then they'll pop off seven in a row. So I think you just have to wait and kind of pick your spots. Um, I'm not worrying yet just because some of their metrics still say that they're decent on offense or they're pretty good on offense still. And like I said, they're literally the youngest team in the league. So you're going to have those streaks. So I'm not panicking just yet, but I'm not looking to buy on this team for a little while now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with a lot of things that Russ has said. Um, earlier in the season, I think that um, if you, if, if you listen to like the opponent coaches comments and um, comments from like, or, around the league, the Devils kind of took the league by surprise um, in terms of their team speed. Um, we, we saw a lot of that where, wow, this is a fast team, right? They just, they just, they just get, get on you. So now sports is about adjustments, right? And now there's, now, now there's a book out on them, right? You can, you can kind of neutralize their speed through the neutral zone. Um, Coaches have started making comments about that as well, that, you kind of got to slow them down before they get started in the neutral zone, which, which is funny because those were the comments I was, um, I was uh, reading and hearing in during the NHL dead puck era. So, 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 so I found that funny, but yeah, like there's book is out teams, teams make their adjustments. Um, the other thing too, is that 
before the season, we kind of mentioned about um, the Devils' goaltending could be a problem, right? And uh, Vanacek just uh, came out great start, and like he he was he was outstanding um, after after Blackwood got hurt. So I think that um, we shouldn't be surprised that they're kind of inconsistent and struggling on the goaltending front because this is what we expected going into the season. And what was happening? That was the that that was the anomaly. So um, we need to keep that in mind. I'm not there yet in terms of worrying about the Devils missing the playoffs. Obviously, it, it's a possibility if a team that was last place in January can come back and win the Stanley Cup. Um, I think anything can happen in the standings now. So um, I'm not I'm not there yet, but um, it it is something to be concerned about, especially um, as Russ mentioned as their um, I'm looking at their at their trending defensive metrics as mm-hmm. as those continue to dip um, with the um, with the inconsistent goaltending that they're getting. Um, it it could be cause of cause for concern. Yeah, you know this might be an over team. We played on them last night and probably should have should have had the win. But you know they have no trouble scoring and their defense is just lacking. So that's probably the angle I'll be looking to take. You know, in the future, they kind of remind me of like a like a Panthers team last year. Or, uh, or even like an Oilers team last year where, where they're trying to just outscore everybody and, you know, giving right. up usually three goals a game. And I see a comment here from Don Schultz saying the Devils won that game last night after losing a yeah. D-man very early. Mm-hmm. But that Florida team just continues to be interesting to me. I know we're not talking about Florida right now, but like the Devils go in there, they beat Florida 4-2. to two, And it's just that Florida team, I, fe- I just feel like they should be a better than they are right now but i guess it's just can't really get things clicking and you add some new pieces that were some major changes to the team you, you kind of got to expect that that's going to be the case with them another team a team that's playing here tonight uh it's not necessarily uh, about them but more so in regards to uh comments that a coach had made if you were a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, there, you probably had seen this one. And depending on your type of reaction in fandom, you had some mixed emotions to it. I personally just didn't care. I thought it was funny. And like John Cooper's allowed to say whatever he wants. I thought I thought it was pretty open and honest. So I appreciated the comments. But uh, John Cooper mentioning that after it was a tough game for Tampa in Toronto, where Toronto basically just took it to them the entire night. Tampa was only able to get... 19 shots on goal against the Leafs 10 of the or 11 of those excuse me came in the third period which is expected when you're trailing to a team you're going to kind of start to pour it on and turn things up at that point but John Cooper basically comes out and says uh, we were here three days early in Toronto and uh, that won't happen again so money what did you make of those comments from uh, the lightning head coach I loved it I and 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 I wouldn't even take that as like being as 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 being offensive that like we're not giving Toronto in, in, enough credit. If I were <laughs> if I were a Leafs fan, like I'd be I'd I'd be proud that like yeah. So look, we we, we actually do have we we have a big home ice edge here, right? Back 50, 60 years ago, when the Canucks used to be relevant, um, there was um, there was a nightclub uh, in Vancouver. Yeah, the Roxy. the Roxy, right? So. <laughs> Friday nights, uh, player, players would go to the Roxy. Saturday night, they'd come play here and they'd have the they'd have the Roxy flu. I thought it was great, <laughs> right? It was it was a testament to my city that yeah, like you come into my city and like you can't get up for your games because like like partying in our city is more 
um, is is more important than like getting up for your game. So, so, so I wore that as like a badge of honor for my city, right? Because that was home ice advantage. Now, of course, like I'm sure players can party right up until the games and like they come to Vancouver and still win five one. So, 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 so now it doesn't matter. But, but as a as a Leafs fan, like I, 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 I wouldn't take offense to that as, at at all. I think it's great. Yeah, that's just sensitive, sensitive uh, Toronto fans who uh, yeah, feel they're not getting the credit. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had no problem with the comments. I thought they were funny. And he, he basically came out too, if you watch the rest of that thing, that press conference he had, he's, he's saying, you know, we that's the same Leafs team that they played the same way and yeah. they're missing guys. And we came out and laid that one. We were here three days early. Like that's just, it's not happening again. Well, it is what it is. You take advantage of it. You can only play who's in front of you. And if they're going to come out here off a three day bender or whatever it was that got them into that position, then take advantage of it. So it's good for the Leafs there, but the Leafs do face off today against the Philadelphia Flyers coming into Toronto for a 2 p.m. game. It's it's the next-gen game, if you're not familiar with that, or from Toronto. Basically, it's uh early afternoon game. They get all the school kids out there to, uh, to the game, and they have young reporters and all that kind of stuff to inspire the next generation but the last time that i remember watching this game was when mitch marner had that absolutely insane game against the carolina hurricanes at home that where they were blowing leads and then coming back and having crazy scoring battles against them this game today uh you're looking at a leafs team that had just snapped the two game losing streak against tampa it was an incredible game that they played it was just an all-around good hockey game from the leafs from a defensive standpoint goaltending offensive like everything was clicking and then you're looking at a team coming into toronto here who doesn't even know what they want to do the owner doesn't want to tank the gm doesn't know whether or not he does want to tank and the coach openly thinks he is tanking he just <laughs> goes out and scratches his <clears throat> top scorer is leading scorer in Kevin Hayes and then you want to talk about interesting post game uh, or press conferences he brings Kevin Hayes back to the lineup and then they ask Torts about it and he gets all all pissy about it and is like oh I'm not answering Kevin Hayes questions this isn't the Kevin Hayes update it's like well I mean you kind of are the coach you scratched him you brought him back and you're refusing to comment on it I feel like at some point there should be some uh, responsibility on you to say something but you're looking at this game here today, Toronto, again, massive favorites against the Flyers, minus 315, Flyers coming in, plus 272, best price that I was seeing available. Um, Russ, you're looking at this game here today, is this kind of just, where is the, are these numbers where you kind of expected them to be for the Leafs matching up against the Flyers? Yeah, I don't have a ton to be said on this game. Um, when you're looking at the numbers side, I make the I make Toronto right around minus 300, 310. So there's no edge for me there. I think um, I think you could argue that there's a little bit of a narrative angle um, of the Leafs coming off of a massive game against the Lightning, in which you could tell they had that game circled on their on the calendar. They were up for it. They were very very ready. So maybe this is a little bit of a letdown spot coming off of that. But, I mean, you'd have to be very, very brave to uh, step in front of this Leafs team and play this this Philadelphia team. I mean, like you said, just two teams that are completely opposites. I've got the Flyers 28th in my power rankings and the Maple Leafs as fourth in my power rankings. Um, with that being said, I think that if there was an angle to actually look at in the game, it would be the under just because Carter Hart's been playing absolutely amazing. 
and it looks like we're going to get Samsonov in goal for the Leafs. So I would lean that way. I don't, uh, you know, especially with it being an early, early, an early puck drop. It's like two o'clock. So I think maybe there should, there could be, a, you know, there could be some lackadaisical play there. Some, uh, you know, some just get the win and get out of there for the Maple Leafs, like a four-one, a three-one finish. So I would lean the under, but I won't have a play in this game. I don't think. Yeah, I think uh, I think you'll see money on the under coming in here very soon. Yeah, to say that. Um, but yeah, I uh, I agree with Russ. Um, I like the under here if you can get yeah, uh, <laughs> if 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 you can get plus money. Um, I like the under. Um, concern is that uh, Philadelphia like. I I don't worry about Toronto defensively. They're they're an elite defensive team, um, but Philadelphia has been um, has been struggling a lot defensively in terms yeah. of the high danger chances they're giving up and um, and their and their other metrics uh, defensively continue to be on the decline. Um, so I I do worry about that, but um, that's countered by um, Carter Hart and his um, and his elite numbers. So sure. um, I I don't have anything on the side, but. Uh, um, we'll we'll be betting the under if you can get plus money. <laughs> yeah, the only worry we have is when we bet that under the Leafs under the other day at Anaheim and they uh, they won seven zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we know the Leafs defense is good, but yeah, like, Russ, we're not. Yeah, Russ, we're not talking about that game. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I had to bring it up. That was rough, man. That was rough. Right. No, I mean he's right though. That's that's the angle. I mean, I would think a four-one, even a, a three-zero game is is doable. And uh, you know, honestly, the, it seems like the worst you could do here is a push. Like you're, you, it looks pretty good to me. All right, so no play in that one, no official play, but uh, leaning under, uh, especially if you can get plus money on that game. So keep an eye out, watch the board if uh, if you can get anything before stuff moves there. Um, moving on to another game, Battle of New York. The Islanders taking on the Rangers. The Rangers currently are holding on to the top wild card spot in the East. Uh, the Islanders are sitting three points behind them, but with one game in hand. The Rangers had just had a seven-game win streak, but they they lost that after a 3-2 to loss against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Islanders, on the other hand, have kind of been up and down, but they're just managing to stay in it, stay in the hunt. And uh, Sorokin has been a massive part of that, but in the last few games that he's gone in there, he hasn't been great. He's been below 900 until, essentially, he stepped in in uh, in Colorado. Didn't allow a goal in regulation or overtime. They end up losing that one, one nothing in a shootout. This one is Rangers minus 152, Islanders plus 138. So, Money, is there any anything to look at in this one, sides or totals? Not really. Um, I I will say, though, that like uh, this this Islanders team is not a playoff team. If they didn't have, uh, if they didn't have Sorokin, they, they wouldn't be anywhere close to it. Um, the problem with them right now is, um, and we've actually seen this all season, they're they're very inconsistent defensively, right? So you're, um, and like we're not we're not used to that from from an Islanders team. It actually started, um, it started seeping in like a little bit last season, and it's and it's full blown now where they they do struggle in uh, defensively in large chunks of these games. So um, I would have looked at the under here um, just based on just based on Sorokin, but. With their defensive struggles that I just mentioned, I can't justify anything under six, um, even even with even with Sorokin in it. So um, it looks like we should get Shesterkin, but 
I would keep an eye on that. Um, this is the kind of game that um, Jared Gallant would uh, would uh, mess around here a little bit. So um, I I would keep an eye on that. Um, the, the Rangers they are generating um, they're having trouble generating offense, especially against um, especially against stronger defensive teams. So we're so 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 I'm kind of in like a conflict here, um, which is why I will lay off this game. Um, Rangers at what are they right now? Mid mid minus one fifties. I I wouldn't yeah. go there. So yeah, this is one of those games where I'm more I'm more interested in seeing how how the Islanders play play defensively and how much um, how much they have to lean on lean on Sorokin in this game. Yeah, I mean I'm right there with you. That's a, <clears throat> pretty much exactly what I was going to say about this game. I think that this number is a little bit long on the Rangers, but it's so hard to trust this Islanders team right now who traditionally has played great defense, you know, been a very low scoring team, um, kind of an unders team, but they're 28th in expected goals against this year and 29th in expected goals against the last 10 games. They just cannot, uh, they just cannot stop these scoring chances at all. So I would lean towards the Islanders, especially with how the Rangers have been. I mean, they've been winning, but they have not been playing very well. The Rangers are 30th in expected goals for in the last 10 games. So they've been just squeaking by in these these uh, you know close games. So I honestly I think this number is a little bit a little bit long on the Rangers, but with how the Islanders have been playing defense, this will be a pass for me too. I think I, this will definitely be on kind of a side TV because I, I love watching these two teams play each other because they just absolutely hate each other. So this will definitely be tuning into this game, but I probably won't have any uh, have any plays. All right, so no play in that one either. Uh, we'll continue to move on, but I'm glad today at least we're going to get majority of the games are good games. Like I yeah. feel like a lot of times we've come on here and we've talked about, well, this team's heading in one direction and this team's heading in the other one. But today we've seen to have a good slate of games of teams mm-hmm. that are actually both playing well and in good spots and good good spots in the standing. So mm-hmm. uh, another game here, Carolina-Pittsburgh. Carolina first in the Metro right now. Pittsburgh is third in the Metro and four points back of them. They're only, Pittsburgh's only two points back of New Jersey right now, which we touched on New Jersey at the beginning of the show. But like just to say that, and even where Pittsburgh was to start this season, it's incredible that they've kind of fought their way into that position. Pitt had won seven in a row until they actually lost to Carolina three to two a game ago. They beat the Rangers in between then, but they're eight, one and one in their last 10 uh, going up against Carolina, who's on a six-game win streak, 9-0-1 in their last 10. I don't really know how to make this game. I don't have any kind of lean one side or the other, but Russ, is there anything for you that kind of jumps out at you? Uh, there is, but I don't I don't like it. You know, my numbers have closer to six in this game, which would, which would lean towards the over. Um, now this Carolina team is super hard to go over on. They've, they're just a complete dead nut under team this year. Their defense is awesome. Kuchekov and goal is uh, just unbelievable also. So, and they're, you know, they're five and one in their last six games up towards the under. So I, that's the way I would look. But as far as the side, I mean, we've played both of these teams very strongly this year. I've had Carolina rank rated very highly all year. And then the last two weeks or so, we've been playing on on uh, Penguins a ton too. So, man, this is a tough, tough matchup for the side. I think this is going to be a very, very good game. Um, I think it's probably going to be like a 2-2 game, a 2-3 game in the in the third period so i'm not sure that there's much of an edge to go over five and a half 
but you know, gun to my head, that is the way I would look. It would be sort of a contrarian play. Um, now Pittsburgh does drive play a little bit more, a lot more scoring chances than Carolina, but Carolina is so good on defense that it's, it, that's tough for me. And uh, unfortunately this won't, there won't be a play on this for me. I don't think unless we see something crazy happen. Yeah. Yeah. So Pittsburgh has been playing uh, very well um, through their, through the string of wins here. Even that loss against Carolina, I've got that as a as an unlucky loss. Uh, they they did drive the play in that game, and um, also keep in mind that um, that Casey DeSmith started that game. So I I I I would expect to see Jari here on the on on the rematch. Um, where that game closed in Carolina, and then you you flip the venue, um, so you give the home ice to 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 Pittsburgh. Plus, when you up, upgrade the goalie from Dismith to Jari, um, which which has been an upgrade this year. I think that the Penguins are a little bit short. Um, if you can get them at minus one twenty, which you should um, be able to, I I like the Penguins. Concern here is that um, the twenty twenty three Calder Trophy winner Peter Kachetkov um, <laughs> is is going to be in net um, probably. So I think that. That's gonna that that'll probably push the line down uh, just a, just a couple more cents. So I think that um, closer to game time, you'll probably be able to get the Penguins a little bit cheaper. Um, but I do like them here enough to lock them in um, up to minus one twenty-five. Um, so I do like the Penguins, but just before game time, you should be able to get a couple of um, couple of pennies cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. The uh, first one we'll lock in there. We'll lock in Pittsburgh uh, minus one eighteen best price available in, in Canada right now. Uh, and then keep an eye out for that one. See if maybe there's uh, anything that moves closer to game time. But lock that in on the bet stamp app. You can find all the picks that are given out on this show in real time, and you can find them after, see how we're doing, and see which picks we have for that night. If you missed the morning show on the bet stamp app in the find better section as edge work there. Moving on as we got a couple more games we'll cover here quickly. Uh, Boston, Winnipeg. Boston is just an absolute, uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word because I kind of do because it's Boston, but I mean, remember when Chris Johnson called the Montreal Canadiens a juggernaut and then they fell off the face of the earth and had to fire their coach and completely change everything around. But Boston has been a juggernaut so far to start this season. Uh, No one's been able to make up any type of ground on them at all. They're first in the NHL. They're five points uh, up on the next closest team, which is Vegas. 7-1-2 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. And if, if you continue to look throughout the course of the season at like last 10 metrics and just in terms of record, it's been, it's been numbers like that the entire time. Like they have just continued to win games. And even if they lose, they just bounce back extremely quickly. But they're going up against Winnipeg here tonight, second in the Central. Everyone seems to love Rick Bonus and everything that he's done. Now, mind you, they have lost Blake Wheeler, so that doesn't necessarily help with where their team is at. Winnipeg is still 7-3-0 in their last 10. And uh, in this matchup here tonight, Boston is coming in as a heavy favorite against Winnipeg. Minus 225 best price, plus 210 for Winnipeg best price. So money is this one is this one priced accurately for this? I mean, you're taking into account some of the guys missing and what may go on in in net. 
Yeah, I think that um, I think you nailed it. the The first thing we need to make sure is that um, who's going to be starting for the Jets. Um, I believe that Hellebuck should be back, but that's something that um, has not been officially confirmed yet. Um, yeah, I, I I think you nailed all of it. Um, I, I I will say that that Boston's uh, seven what was it seven three win against Florida. I think that um, that was a little bit of a deceiving score. Um, that 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 game wasn't a seven three game. So and um, they are they they did play a lot looser defensively in that game than than they have been playing uh, most of the season. So it's not a con- I'm not concerned about a dip yet defensively, but um, but 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 that's something I would I would watch out for in case that they're that Boston is trending towards that way. Um, on the other side, Winnipeg um, in their road games they're actually tightening up very very well defensively on the road, and um, I think that that um, that plays into the way that Bonus likes to likes to coach and likes to have his team play on the road. That's um, we saw it in Vancouver. Um, we've seen it everywhere he goes. He likes to play a very very heavy low event road game um and that's and and that's kind of the way that i would expect this game to go i think that if if hellebuck is in net um it's it's tough for me to get there on boston right now even with the way that they're playing i think that the market has fully accounted for what boston is and who they are this season so um i I lean towards Winnipeg a bit. Um, I'm not there yet because I need to know who who starts in goal for the Jets. Um, but I think in this game it would be um, Winnipeg or nothing for me. Yep, I'll have to. I'll push back a little. <clears throat> I was extremely surprised this morning when I when I ran my model and found some value on the Bruins here. Um, very very surprising. So I actually locked in the. Uh, Bruins regulation this morning at minus 140 on Pinnacle. A couple of things here. When just looking at the numbers here and just looking at my power rankings, I've actually got Boston closer to a minus 300 favorite here. Um, it depends on who we see in goal. I've got um, either Hellebuck or Rittich. Dave, big save Dave is quite a big drop off. So obviously, I'd love to see. I'd love to see or no save Dave, whatever you prefer. Uh, but yeah, I think that so money kind of said this pretty well. The Winnipeg Jets are really good at defense on the road. Hellebuck's been playing very, very well, uh, but they just can't generate any scoring chances. 29th in expected goals for in their last 10 games. And um, yeah, this Boston team is just amazing. I don't think there's a ton that needs to be said about this Boston team, except their defense has been just unreal. Uh, I would like to see Olmark here in goal. That would give me a little bit more of an edge. But I think either way, this uh, Boston team can get this t- can get this W here at home. I'm um, looking at you know probably it, it might be a decently close game at the beginning, but I do think that Boston's defense will shut them down. So I'm pretty I'm comfortable laying the minus 140 in the regulation time on Boston at home. I mean 17-0 and two at home. First first in my power rankings again. They just jumped up uh, over the Carolina Hur- Hurricanes to get back in first. So, yeah, I'm kind of surprised that I had value on this game this morning. I was checking all the numbers last night, and I did not expect to, to want to play Boston minus 200 or, or minus 140 on the uh, the regulation line, but here we are. So, yeah, I did lock that in, and that's going to be, yeah, probably one of my favorite plays tonight, I think. All right, well, we'll lock that one as well. I see some comments here in the in the chat, so we can address some of these. Bacon Boy saying side tangent. 
How does Paul Maurice still have a job? Uh, he is consistently been giving up the most uh, expected goals against last three years with Winnipeg. Uh, expected goals against last three years with Maurice, not most top five. Uh, Winnipeg looks much better with bonus. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys, um, just I guess even part of this is like, Rick Bonus, obviously, what he's done with that team has kind of launched him into the Jack Adams, the top of the Jack Adams candidacy there. Does do you think players coming out and saying how much they love a coach and how big of a difference things have have been since that guy has gotten there? Do you think that factors into the uh, into the Jack Adams voting even more than just like actual on paper success? Absolutely, um, I think, and 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 that I think goes. Um, the the these awards are voted on by by people right there's no there's no like um, there's no computer generated thing here so and because it's voted by people people are emotional and you can tug on their heartstrings a bit so i think that um even our bonus story his 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 personal journey that all um that that all plays into the narrative here and i've and i've talked about this a bunch with like voting on like awards it's the only place in sports where it's 100% narrative right if you can make a story you can support any number right so yeah I, I i think that players love expressing love for their coach um um that's that that's a narrative how how coaches treat the media right i think that mm-hmm. that Absolutely. goes into it as well like people are we are emotional people right so and like with that you're going to have narratives that that are going to dictate the way that you vote. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I just found it kind of interesting. It's like the even the flip as Bacon Boys talking about like how much better Winnipeg's been with bonus as opposed yeah. to Paul Maurice and then you kind of just look at yeah, they've done incredibly well and some of that has to do with the fact that Hellebuck had an off year last year and that doesn't yep. play well into their season but him mm-hmm. turning things around makes things easier on easier on the coach there and then on top of that all these guys coming out saying how much they love rick bonus and they would run through a wall for rick bonus and stuff it just kind of feeds into that and tugs on the heartstrings a little bit you're like oh wow this guy came in and he made a difference he made a difference in the locker room made a difference in these guys lives and i was wondering how much that impacts things one more game we'll get to here tonight. Uh, Calgary, LA Kings. Calgary, not really what we thought they might be uh, this season so far. It just hasn't quite turned around. I'm starting to wonder, maybe I'm just off on this, but I'm starting to wonder if like, if this wasn't Daryl Sutter and it didn't hold the name value, I wonder if he would be gone already at this point in Calgary for what's what's gone on. Like this, this is a team that kind of is in a hey, we got to figure things out and start to try to win mode. And his record right now is the same as where it was when he replaced the previous coach in Calgary. Like it, it's one of those situations where it's like, all right, well maybe it's just the fact that he is who he is. But you kind of kind of feel like that a coach like that might wear off on some people rather quickly. It has kind of a lifespan, but. I mean, Calgary right now, they're two points out of a wildcard spot, so it's not like it's over for them. They've just come off back-to-back wins over San Jose, and you want to talk about NHL scheduling and back-to-back games against San Jose in San Jose there. It's just another weird one. 5-2-3 and three in their last 10. And then you look over to LA. They're just 
holding strong like they they had a pretty good start and they've kind of just held steady on what they did two points up on seattle in the pacific they're second in that in that division there and six three and one in the last 10 you're looking at this one tonight it is very very close in terms of the odds calgary minus 114 la plus 107 i mean russ is this am, am i completely far off on the analysis on uh, Daryl Sutter and Calgary there? No, I think, no, I think you're spot on. You know, I've, uh, I've been kind of anti flames all season and <clears throat> yeah, they're just not playing well. Um, you know, when you look at this game, I think that the market is pretty much spot on. My numbers don't have much of an edge either way, actually right at six and a half and right at minus minus one ten, pretty much both ways. Um, so there will be no play for me. I think something that's interesting about the, uh, the flames or what needs to be said is they're really good on the road. Um, they played, played really, really well on the road this year, third and expected goals for and third and expected goals against. So for some reason, they're, they're just a solid road team. Um, you know, I would just looking at the teams and not looking at the line or the markets, I would lean towards the Kings just because I have a little bit of a bias there. And I think that they're just going to have a little bit better season, but this is a huge game for the flames being two points back and fifth in the Pacific. This is a massive game for the flames. And it seems like they just get up for these big games. Markstrom could easily pitch a shutout or a one, have a one goal game. And so there would be no play for me here. Um, yeah. I think, you know, this is an interesting spot with two, two teams that are very evenly matched for me. So yeah, this will just be a, a watch and see type of game. Yeah, I I do give credit to the Kings. I think that um, mm-hmm. their their goaltending situation this year really threw them for a loop, and I think that them being able to just um, to just stick around the way that they have so far, um, I think is um, is is a testament to how strong this team is um, when they do get um, when they do actually get get some get some goaltending. Um, I think we need to keep an eye on um, Dan Vladar here. I think that this could be a situation where where Sutter goes to him. Um, and if that happens, the market tends to um, move strongly against against Vladar. Um, and I think they they I think the market still overreacts. It, it's gotten a lot better lately, but I think that the market still overreacts to to him being um, being. Be, being announced um i have him as a as as an average goalie but the market seems to think he sucks so i think that we need to um if if ladar is in net um we know that money is going to come in on the kings and i think that's when there could be value set up on the on on the flame so that's what i would i would wait for um in terms of your comments on sutter so you know that i've been in the camp that um, just relax. There's like nothing wrong with the yeah. with with the flames. I'm kind of changing my tune a little bit. Like what? Like what if they can't turn it around? Like 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 we 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 see this all the time, right? Like like what if it's too late? And um and and you mentioned a coach like Sutter with his with his shelf life. This is this is another thing that we see that we see all the time as well, where. Um, a coach like Sutter, a coach like Tortorella, um, don't have a have a long shelf shelf life, and that's and that's because in today's NHL you kind of can't get away with the kind of things that that uh, that uh, these guys do. Yeah, it'll work for like a year or two. Like you'll have a group of young kids that'll go through the wall for you, and then, but 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 then it gets to a point where like 
well, screw you now, right? Like, so um, well, it's also significantly more tolerable when your team's yeah. having success. Absolutely. Like, you look at that LA yeah. Kings teams. You win one Stanley Cup, and it's like, all right, well, he did it. He got us there. Like, exactly. let's trust it. And then you win another one. And it's like, well, like, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna argue this formula? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and I'm uh, I'm looking at the comments here. I didn't. Dan, Dan Schultz was saying to uh, flip a coin with 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 uh, Vladar and, and and Markstrom, and yeah, that's that's like kind of what I'm saying, right? Like the market overreacts to Vladar when there's not that big of a difference between them. So. Um, I think that um, that we need to wait for this game, and um, I would I would go Flames once we see an overreaction if Ladar is confirmed. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. Um, I got three player props. I'm gonna run them by you guys, and we'll see what we think about them. First one going uh, in the Sens game. There, I'm gonna go with Brady Kachuk anytime goal scorer plus one sixty five. Uh, this guy is just. Ever since he had that, like, the game where people were coming out after him, to calling him a Keith Kachuk, I think it was, I believe it was the game against the uh, Rangers a couple weeks ago where he was just the physical force and score, scored multiple goals and stuff. He's been creating offensive opportunities as at a high rate. Uh, his goals hasn't necessarily caught up to the amount of chances that he's been generating. I feel like that will kind of start to come around. So Brady Kachuk, anytime goal scorer, plus 165. Are there any uh, any no-nos on that one? Nope, I like it. I like it. Um, actually, that will I have that game circled. If we see Talbot in net for the Sens, that will probably be a play for me. So I would, uh, yeah, I love Brady Kachuk. I think that's a fantastic play, especially the plus 160, 165. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, I got another one here. It's John Tavares, anytime goal, plus 160. Playing with Mitch Marner, like you're looking at a guy who is an elite playmaker in the NHL. Uh, you get opportunities to go out there on that first power play unit, which is just loaded up with uh, with skill and offensive-minded players. And then I know that we're talking about Carter Hart and how good he's been, but I think that this Flyers team is just not that good. They, this Leafs team has traditionally gotten up for these next-gen games and played pretty well in them. Now, it that doesn't really hold much into like how the game will go, but more just an energy kind of feeling. Uh, I feel like John Tavares could be a guy to be involved in this. And then the other part of it is why I like the number is it's you can find him on Caesars at this plus 160, and it's well above market. Like You're looking around at 140s, 135s elsewhere on him. So John Tavares plus 160 anytime goal. Yeah, I think if you're getting a getting an off market number, right, you got to do it. There's no not too bad on an off market number. All right, and then the last one here. This one will be a smaller unit play, like a like a quarter or maybe half unit play on this one. But Cali Yarncroke anytime goal, and somewhat similar to what I was saying about Tavares, but. He's also playing on that line. He gets some resurgence back in here. He just comes back from injury. He looked pretty good in that Tampa game. Like he kind of fits along. He had started to get some goals under his belt, uh, under his belt before he suffered his injury. And then right now you can find him for plus three eighty, which is like very very good uh, relative to rest of market right now. For Cali Yarncroke, anytime goal playing on that second line. I think he's going to get some good opportunities to do it. He does get some time on the second power play if that second power play unit ever goes out on the ace. So, uh, Cali Yarncroke plus 380 for like, 
I don't know, let's say a quarter unit on that one. Sure. Yeah, if we get that, you know, if we get that 4-1, 5-0 game from the Leafs like we're kind of expecting, then I think both of those are pretty solid looks. Look at those right. prices, like the like the like the difference in those prices, eh? Shop around. Yeah, I, I know. Think, yeah, I, I, I think if we're getting that kind of number when like that's when crazy. Like the market's looking like that, like yeah, do it. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. <laughs> that was so. I was like, I was feeling like that might be a good one. I I have kind of played into some of the goal scores of like, okay, who's getting an opportunity with who and where are they sliding in? And that was one of the ones that I I had looked at. Um, but Bacon Boy also saying five forward power play one. We'll probably see some more power play two if the team is up. Yeah, yeah, that's a also a very likely situation. Garn Croak is on that second power play mm-hmm. unit. But is there any uh, anything else that we've uh, we've missed here today, guys? Um, I've got just a quick one. I've got the the Kraken and the Canucks circled. I think that if we get Martin Jones in goal, that'd be a good look on the over for me. So I do have that one circled. But other than that, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, that's I'm still gonna wait on the goalie confirmation there. What do you who do you think goes there? Uh, still money. You have for for, for, for No, for Canucks. Oh, it should be Martin. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and then and then on the other side, yeah, Grubauer or Jones is probably anybody's guess. I've got um, I'm projecting Grubauer um with a little bit lower confidence. I think that um, Seattle recognizes that um, Grubauer is going to take them um where they want to go this season. Um, in terms of like, I don't think that they have a belief in Martin Jones carrying the workload. Um, he's been great up to this point and all credit to him. But if you're wanting to take that next step, I think that they understand that um, it has to be Grubauer that that takes them there. So they're going to give him and he's been better than last year. Now, that's not saying much because the bar was set really low last year. But um, I think that um, they do want to give him every opportunity to get going. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I, this is going to be a play for me probably either way, depending on who they confirm, but yeah, with Grubauer in net, I like the Kraken here on the road as short favorites. Um, so yeah, like I said, just kind of monitor that. Yeah. And, it, and just in the future, if, if, if like anybody's betting against the Canucks, like just, just bet exact score, they lose five, one, um, <laughs> they lose every game five, one. So it seems like, especially yeah. at home. All right. There you well, go. Like so it. money, is there anything else that, you, that uh, we're missing? Uh, no, I'm good. There hasn't been any breaking news either. So, yeah, yeah weird show today. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, as expected. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who tuned in here today on the Edgework Show. If you were following along on Twitter, make sure to go over to YouTube, hit subscribe on the Edgework channel. You can turn on notifications by clicking the bell. You get notified every time that we go live on this channel. You can also hit like on this stream. That helps us a lot. Get uh, get out there in YouTube algorithm helps other people see the show. So if you could do that, that would also be greatly appreciated. And if you missed this one. And you're, or you're just catching up at the very end here, you can find us on podcasting platforms after the show goes live. You'll find it up there in about uh, half an hour to an hour. So make sure to go and subscribe to us or follow us on whatever podcasting platforms that you use. Thank you to everyone who tuned in here today. So money, Russ, good luck on, the, uh, on your bets tonight. And yeah. I will see you guys next Thursday. Awesome. Yep. Thank good you luck. Guys. Thank you guys.